0: Hey guys, welcome to the first ever episode of Popcorn Pals. We are your hosts, Savannah,
1: Sierra, and Rachel.
0: Since this is our first episode, we think it's necessary to give you a quick disclaimer besides the spoilers that are likely going to occur.
2: So we are three seniors at the Milwaukee School of Engineering taking a film studies course as an elective. We are not by any means experts in what we're discussing on the podcast. We are doing this as a class project to apply what we're learning. So please don't judge us too hard if we make any mistakes or are just completely wrong in what we're saying. We're learning here too.
1: So in our film study class right now, we're learning about editing and we recently watched a documentary on editing in Hollywood and how directors work with editors to actually shape the movie after it's all been shot. And it was really interesting to see the way that the editing room actually changes the way that the movie is perceived by the audience. And today we decided to apply what we learned in that documentary to the 2019 mystery comedy Knives Out. Um, This was my second time watching the movie. I think it was Savannah's first time, and Cece's seen it maybe six or seven times. So uh, we all kind of have a range of perspectives on the movie. So just to give you a little bit of background into the plot, there is a renowned crime novelist named Harlan Thrombey, and he's found dead at his estate just after his 85th birthday party. And the inquisitive and debonair detective Benoit Blanc is mysteriously enlisted to investigate his death. From Harlan's dysfunctional family to his devoted staff, Blanc sifts through a web of red herrings and self-serving lies to uncover the truth behind Harlan's untimely death. This movie got a Rotten Tomatoes score of 97%. Now, something we're going to try on the podcast is each of the three of us are going to rate the movie that we watched out of 10, so that way we can each kind
2: of give our own unique perspective. So, Cece, would you like to go first? So as Rachel said, I've seen this movie a lot of times, especially for it only being out for a few months. So I would give this a 9 out of 10 because it's very like, every time you watch it, you see more than you saw the last time. So I just think that they did a really good job of layering the different plot lines and like making it suspenseful throughout the movie. So I would give them a solid 9 out of 10.
1: Savannah, what is your review of Knives Out?
0: Yeah, so like you said, this was my first time watching it and I also would give it a 9 out of 10. I really liked all the layering like Cece kind of said. The main reason why I think I'm going a little bit lower is because I totally called Chris Evans being a bad guy because he is too big of a he's too big of an actor to not be like a main part. And it took forever for him to come in so I was like, oh man, this guy's definitely a bad guy. So like I kind of called that, but other than that like it was still super like huge twist at the end and every little detail and the back and forth kind of action between like the storytelling and like the then and the now kind of stuff. I don't, It was really cool and I think they did a really good job of piecing it all together.
1: Now as far as my review, I would give this also a 9.5 out of 10. When I first saw this movie, it was honestly just a shocker. My 85-year-old grandpa called it the best movie he's ever seen in his whole life. So I don't know if I would go that far, but I really liked it. I like the the plot twist. I like how you're always excited to watch it. Even though it was my second time watching it, and I did know what was going to happen. I still was excited. I was suspenseful because I didn't remember all the little twists and turns that happened that, along the way.
0: Okay, so the intro sequence to Knives Out... Starts off with an establishing shot of this huge, foggy mansion with these two big black dogs just running out across the yard. And it kind of just sets the tone that, you know, something bad's either about to happen or did happen. Like you just get the, the scarier, spookier vibes from this first shot. Then, as it starts to progress, there's this really quick and sharp violin music that's playing in the background that's just getting louder and faster, and it's really building this suspense around what is going on right now. Throughout this whole scene, though, there's this cutting around between all these weird knickknacks and other just bizarre decorations and the actual scene that's playing out. So one second, you might get this close-up shot of a, not a bobblehead, but... I don't know, it was like a weird statue y thing. And then this woman. And then you later identify that she's the housekeeper, but it just goes back and forth between something really weird and this woman until the scene finally comes to an end where you find Harlan Thromby dead in his study. So what did you guys think about this opening scene? I thought it was really cool how it just was like building up and building up and building up. But what were you guys thinking?
2: Yeah, from like the fact that we're looking at this in editing stance, I think that how they have, like you were saying, like the fast music and the shots really short and quick and like give you a full idea of what this house is like and what the family's like by like showing all the weird little knickknacks and things around this guy's creepy house. From, like, an editing stance, I think that by showing just those, like, quick little shots of the house and then also using the sharp violin music, it, like, like you were saying, really, like, sets the tone for the whole beginning of the movie and how the whole movie is kind of fast-paced or constantly, like, learning more information and trying to figure out what happened that night.
1: I agree. I think it really sets the tone for the rest of the movie with those short jumps between she's preparing his breakfast and now we're looking at something weird in the house and it kind of just sets up the stage that this is a big empty house full of secrets and the way that that's edited together I think really helps to build the suspense of the movie right away from the very first shot and I think that it's interesting how it the music really follows the tone of the cuts. Because the shots actually switch as the music switches. And I think that's a really clever way that it was edited together to make sure that kind of like your ears and your eyes are like watching one thing at once instead of trying to piece things together.
0: Yeah, I agree. And something that I didn't think about then, but I am thinking about now is shortly into the movie, I I think like right before they were doing the interviews or maybe like during that time frame, one of the, I think it was... The main police guy, he made a comment about how Thromby lives in a clue board, and I think that's something too that this opening sequence really kind of gives you this that impression. Like, yeah, he does live in like this crazy, like mysterious random house. So I think that kind of also played into that line later. It helps you feel like, yeah, you're right. He does live in a clue board.
2: Yeah, like his house is like a mystery novel and he's a mystery novel writer. And then this book or this movie is very similar to how one of his books would be. So it kind of shows who he is as a person and like the irony that his life turned into one of the books he was writing.
1: And I think that the the shots do set up the, you know, the mystery of of his death. And it also sets up just how eclectic he was by showing all of these random things and then we don't have to really go into that as much later because we got it so quickly right away at the beginning we don't need to spend that much more time you know establishing the location because it was established right away in the beginning and
2: establishing like who he was yeah okay so then the next big part of the movie is still pretty early on after the intro sequence so they move into interviewing the family members so they have One police detective and then one state trooper, I think they said, that were like running the case and trying to figure out what happened that night that Harlan died. We wanted to talk about this because the editing was really interesting because they would have the interrogation of the, or the interview of the various family members and what they said was going on that evening, and then they would show how They thought the the night was happening because they all had their own vision of how they thought that their relationship with Harlan was. And then eventually, throughout the interviews, they ended up exposing how their relationships actually were. So all of his different children and their different spouses and then his grandchildren all had various complicated relationships with him. And the editing really showed how, like, it eventually pulled out the truth into How they originally were showing what they all thought or what they were trying to, like, what they were trying to show their relationship was. And then it eventually said what their relationships really were.
1: Yeah, I think it was interesting how for each person that was interviewed, there was the same shot of Harlan and his birthday cake with the, the family members around him. And the shot was different for everyone that interviewed because, you know, when you light candles on a birthday cake, you obviously only have one shot at blowing it out but you could just tell that everyone envisioned that they were the most important, that they were right next to him when he was blowing out his birthday candles. So I thought it was interesting how they showed that scene so many times with all these different people with Harlan, and then again just cutting between the interview shots of them lying and saying, oh, I didn't see what happened, oh, this, you know, they're saying that their relationship with Harlan was so good, and then you cut to the party where you see that their relationships were actually all crumbling that night. And I thought it was really interesting how they revealed the truth while the suspects or the family members were lying. I thought that was really clever the way that they did that because it's like the the viewer is more in the know than everyone else.
2: Yeah, like the detectives on the case are being like told all these lies. But yeah, like us as the viewer, we get to have like this inside information by getting like the cuts of what the truth actually is.
0: Yeah, and like I also really liked, and we didn't talk about lighting yet in class, but how when they would go back into the story, you know, this scene was all really dark, and they go back into present day and be nice and bright again, and it really, you know, obviously you already know that this is like a flashback because Harlan was alive. Um, But I like that they did that because it really differentiated between the two different scenes, and I also liked not in the initial interviewing, but in the later interviews, When people were telling stories about their other family members, it would be from their perspective, and then all of a sudden, like, the camera would pan and you'd see that person who was spying and saw this whole scene take place. So I thought those were really cool ways that they did those flashbacks, doing the lighting differences and then panning over and being like, oh, I was there the whole time kind of thing. Because it's all just a bunch of lies or mistold information. I don't know, I thought that was really neat how they were doing that.
1: I agree. I think another big thing is how Blanc was kind of sitting in the back of the room, like he wasn't very important, so like to, the, from the perspective of, you know, you're the first time watching the movie, you see him kind of in the back, you're like, oh, I don't know who this guy is, but he's not really doing anything, so he's probably not that important. And then throughout the interviews, you hear him start playing the same piano key, and you realize that maybe he is more important. And then they go through a whole sequence of every single character saying, well, who's that guy? What's he doing here? And that's a really unique way to introduce him, I think. Savannah, since this was your first time watching, what did you think of the way that they introduced Blanc?
0: I really liked it. So the first piano key happened with the oldest daughter, and I was like, hmm, that's annoying. And then it happened again with the son, and I was like, what is this piano key? Who is this person? And then it was finally the third interview, Is it Joni? Is that her name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she just snapped. Who are you? Why are you here? Like full Karen moment. And I was like, thank you, because I was about to snap if no one said it first. And then he comes out and he does that thing where it's I'm this person, and it flashes to the person that they're talking to, and then he goes on. He's saying more about his like why he's there, and it flashes to a different person. I love love. When movies and TV do that, where it flip-flops between this person telling the exact same story to different people. I think it's super fun, and I think it's, like, because you have to be so, like, if you're thinking about that happening in real life, you're just so on point, like, this is the same story every time I'm telling you the exact same thing. And I just think it's really, just, like, a fun thing that people do in, like, film and TV. Yeah,
2: I agree. And I think it's cool that they start, when they first start to notice him, they don't see him because he's back in the shadows, and they start with just, like, hearing the piano, and then the camera, like, only shows his finger hitting the piano key. And then, like you were saying, more people noticing him, the more their reactions get, like, more upset or interested in who he is. And then as their reactions get more then we start to see more and more of him, and eventually he comes out of the light, and he's like, I'm this famous detective guy, and I'm hired by I don't know who here to solve this case.
0: And I don't know about y'all, but I was a little bit distracted at first because of Daniel Craig's amazing blue eyes. I was just
1: like, (laughs) ah, love this. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, what's James Bond doing here? And why does
0: he have a southern accent?
1: Yeah, I think another really interesting thing about this movie that isn't necessarily about editing, but they have a lot of really big actors in it, and I think it's interesting that they brought so many probably big personalities onto a set for a movie like this, and I think they all play together really well. Jamie Lee Curtis, Chris Evans, the girl from 13 Reasons Why, I think that it's really interesting how they're all these big, well-known actors, and then the, the main character, Marta, is just someone we've never seen before. And I think that that is also kind of an interesting juxtaposition in the story as well.
0: That's a good point that I never even thought about that. Because I did too, watching this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a great cast. So many big names. Except I never remember the 13 reasons why. I I don't know her name. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) But I did, like, I recognized her immediately. And that's such a good point that, like, the woman playing Marta is just, I don't want to say a nobody, because obviously she's somebody, but like, I've never seen her in anything before
1: this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then that kind of, like, flex into her role in the movie. Like, she is kind of technically to the family, like, a side character. They all love her, but, like, she's not really a family member. But she has the most important role in in the movie. And in Harlan's life, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're going to
1: kind of fast forward through the movie a little bit to give a little bit of a reflection on the ending. But first, we want to give you guys a little bit of background as to what happens through the rest of the movie. So after the family is interviewed, we see Detective Blanc and the nurse, Marta. They kind of go around and start investigating the family estate. Marta is revealed to be the one that actually killed Harlan by switching his medication. And a lot of the buildup is her trying to protect her secret and, you know, throw the detective off the scent. We eventually get to Harlan's will reading where it is... Kind of a dramatic build-up to the introduction of the character Ransom, who is Harlan's grandson, and he comes in, makes a big scene, he's kind of the black sheep of the family, nobody really likes him, and everyone's kind of toughing it out in the living room, yelling at Ransom, and then eventually it's revealed that every single member of the family has been cut out of the will, and Harlan is leaving everything that he owns, and like $10 million, I think, to Marta, his nurse. So obviously that kind of throws the family into this big tailspin. And then the next sequence of events is, you know, Marta being you know, attacked by the family that she needs to give the money back. One of the family members comes to her house and threatens her, and it's this whole sequence of her and Ransom kind of buddying up to try and fight the family's assault to get her to renounce the will. And this is a really interesting way that they introduce Ransom, who's played by Chris Evans, as Savannah mentioned. And this is really the first time that we're seeing him and you kind of get like a bad vibe from him, but it's a little confusing because he's trying to help Marta kind of navigate the situation. And it actually ends up that he's doing a lot of manipulating of her himself. So he takes her to a diner and she spills the entire story to him. So now he's in possession of the truth. And he actually ends up turning against her and turning her into the police. And that's kind of where we where we end up in the, in the final sequence is LeBlanc and Marta, the state trooper and the policeman, and Ransom are in the same room that they did the family interviews in. And they're sitting and Blanc just told Marta that Ransom is the one that did it and everyone's really confused. And then Blanc starts walking through all of the events of the entire movie showing how they point at random
0: unless unless you decide you're not gonna give up the money
1: you're not gonna give up the money you've come this far you come this far just one step further just one last act in for a penny in for a pound you decide you are in I think that there's a lot of contrast between this scene and the interview scenes. What did you guys think about the way that this was set up? I think that it was interesting to
2: watch the the contrast between these two. I thought the best part of this whole final, we're revealing the full truth, um, part of this scene is that they took clips from. So Ben is trying to put all the pieces of the puzzle together and. He's trying to, he's saying these different quotes that Ransom said to Marta in the diner when Ransom was learning the truth. So when Ransom learned the truth and when Ben learned the truth, they both were saying the same sort of phrases. And they put those phrases back to back. And like Savannah was saying, there were really cool parts of film when they like layer different things over each other and like use two different people to fill in a story. So they were doing the same technique again here. And I thought it was interesting because the truth is revealed in two different places, both the diner and then also in the same interview room, where in the interview room before, a lot of lies are told, finally, in the end, the truth is revealed in that same setting.
0: Yeah, and I think, though there was a huge contrast between those initial interviews and the, you know, the final, the donut hole, isn't that what he called it? Yeah. It was so much quicker. Everything was... Each scene that he was playing out, telling the whole story, was going so fast, so rapid. Whereas, like, all the lies before were kind of drawn out, making that person seem like they were super innocent. And now this is just, like, boom, 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 boom. Here all these facts. And just kept, like, spinning off. Like, kind of when you're brainstorming and you don't really know where you're going with it. But really, he knew where he was going with it. Like, he knew for so long, I think how things were starting, and then all of a sudden it was like, I got it, and he was spewing it all out. I thought that was really cool because it's just like, it's again, the intensity is building. The initial intensity that we got from the opening sequence with that like rapid violin music, it was building that same way again, but instead it was with this story being told again.
2: Yeah, I agree. As he had his light bulb moment, you can see they were making like really short cuts to the past in the story that ben was building up which was the truth and yeah you can like see in his way he's telling the story and how they're making really short cuts and shots that yeah like he's having this big final oh here's the truth bulb moment
1: i agree and i think that having it in that interview room just kind of brings it full circle and they use a lot of the same imagery when they were cutting it together of the chair and this big like knife shield like that shield that was made out of knives in the background and everyone kind of looking at Blanc to like tell exactly what was happening almost like he was the one being interviewed when instead he was just revealing the truth I think it was a good contrast
2: yeah and they ended with Marta being in that interview chair so it looked like she was gonna end up being like put on the spot and everything yeah. and yeah
0: yeah well, I mean, and up until that last speech, we all thought that she was the one who did it. Mm-hmm. She thought she was the one who did it. Everybody did. They told the whole family that it was her. And then all of a sudden, it's just this huge blow up moment. Yeah. And I, I agree with Rachel that it really just, it came full circle again with her being back in that interview chair, being back in that room. It's just like a really good way to wrap up the whole story there.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm going to say this just to you. No cameras, no courtroom, just you because you know it's true. We allowed you into our
0: home. We let you watch our granddad. We welcomed you into our family. And now you think you can steal it from us? You think I'm not going to fight to protect my home? Our birthright? Our ancestral family home?
1: (laughs) That is hooey. Holland, he bought this place in the 80s from a Pakistani real estate billionaire. Shut up,
0: Blanc. Shut up! (laughs) Shut up with that Kentucky fried foghorn leghorn drawl. Yeah, I killed Fran, but I guess I didn't. So what do you have on me? Nothing. What, attempted murder? I get arson for the building and a few other charges with a good lawyer, which I have, I'll be out in no time.
1: And then you'll see just how much hell I can wreak on your life, you vicious
0: little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What the shit? That means she's lying.
1: Yeah, man,
0: we know. That's right. Fran's dead. And you just confessed to her murder. Well, in for a penny.
1: So then eventually they do end up getting the confession out of Ransom, and he, you know, stabs Marta with the prop knife so she she doesn't actually die, and then we kind of see this, the spiral of her laying on the floor as, you know, Ransom's being arrested and everything's kind of coming to to resolution. And they actually start playing the, the end credits song before the credits actually start, so The final closing sequence of the whole movie is, you know, they play the song, Marta is kind of looking around the house, the rest of the family is outside, they've been pushed out because now Marta owns the house, and the final scene that we see is Marta kind of standing on a balcony looking down at all of them with a coffee mug that says, my house, my rules, my coffee, and I think then they cut right to the credits, and it's really interesting to kind of get that transition from, you know, movie to credits without the distinct music breaks, but I think it totally works, and I think it's interesting, the contrast between the opening and that, because the sound of the closing music is a lot more peaceful, it's slower, you can kind of, you feel some sense of, you know, resolution, like everything actually worked out, whereas in the beginning, it's fast-paced, you don't know what's going on, and I think they did a nice job of contrasting the shots and the music in the intro and the closing.
2: Yeah, and it was the same coffee mug that they were using that the housekeeper was going to take up to Harlan when she found out, like, to, to breakfast that morning, but then she opened the door and found out that he was dead. So I think that it kind of connects, okay, in the beginning, we saw this coffee mug, and then we saw this happened, all of this happened, all of the murder drama happened we were able to get a resolution and now marta is able to get the mug which was harlan's and they had a really close connection so it kind of like wraps up the beginning to the end of the movie i think
0: yeah and that was something that like i didn't even notice when i was watching i was like oh that's a funny mug and then when i was going back to get material for the podcast i was watching the opening scene again and then that final scene again and i was like oh my god it's the same mug and that was in my head where i was like okay This is her really saying to these people who've been berating her about giving them back their inheritance, how it's theirs, it's what their family, household, blah blah blah, like, they just would not leave her alone. And I think that was really just this beautiful moment where this poor girl is just like, you know what? It's mine. And you know, she just seemed so at peace finally. So overall, I thought the movie was really great. I think we all did, obviously CeCe did, having seen it so many times.
2: It's just a good movie, okay?
0: (laughs) It was a really good movie, and I definitely think that it really showed the elements of editing that we've been talking about this last week in class, and it really helped us to see how those apply in other films besides, you know, the ones that we look at in class are all these notorious films that obviously have these really great points, otherwise we wouldn't be talking about them. And it's a way to show, in today's movies, how those same editing, like editing features and notes that we're talking about are still applied and make such a great movie and make things really tie together.
2: Yeah, how the editing can really help make a movie from being a good movie with a good story to a great movie with a great story that you, Bridget and I both have seen it multiple times, like that you wanna see multiple times and that every time you see something you didn't see before, and i think that that's really like the editing that they did tied in very well to the whole movie theme of being like a murder mystery and things like that
1: yeah i agree and i think that i think the movie is timeless like we'll probably be watching it for a while everyone loves a good murder mystery and the way that they cut this one i think really just elevated it from the status of like having a good story with good actors to being a really good movie and I think that's why we wanna keep watching it. And I think just the things that we're learning in the class really helped to highlight my appreciation of movies more. And I think that you know, under, expanding my understanding of movies is just gonna make me appreciate them more.
2: Yeah, like I was able to see more and notice more, not even just like editing things, but just like various things we talked about in class, like even like yeah. the intro sequence and the movie or the, the music and things like that.
0: All right, thank you guys for joining us this week. We will be trying to post a new episode every week, but obviously, you know, that might change because of our school schedules. So stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe so you can stay up to date on the new episodes that we post. And we will see you next time.